Welcome to podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. Welcome to podcast 2187 on this very special episode because we are recording on Monday, May 4th, which is known to pretty much, I'm sure everybody who listens to this show, you probably know the significance of what May 4th is any given year. Uh, how would you describe the date May 4th, Mark? Star Wars Day. That is the most simplistic possible answer I could have gotten from you. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. It is, uh, of course, commonly referred to as May the 4th because of May the 4th with you, of course. Ha ha. Um, so everybody's used to it by I'm now. I'm a fan of uh, Revenge of the Fifth. Are you? I, no, not really. But what about what about the the coming future type of holiday known as Revenge of the Sixth? There's no such thing. I mean, I don't know. It, it could be a three day thing. I'm, you know, the Super Bowl Monday. Yeah, you know, if they make the holiday, I'd be cool with that. It does have my support. But if there's a war between Super Bowl Monday and a three day Star Wars like string of holidays. Oh, come on. Well, this probably might be one of the better Star Wars holidays, um, or or uh, May the Fourth, May the Fourth, that we've had. Uh, probably because they're just trying to want to appeal to people in lockdown. But there's definitely well, some good news that came out. Uh, yeah, you know, some good spoilers, uh, some good content for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. I did. So we have, as far as the new content that was released today uh, for May 4th, 2020, we have the series finale for Star Wars The Clone Wars, which we'll get to in just a little bit. We have the first episode of the Disney gallery for basically the behind the scenes for the Mandalorian type of thing. Did you watch it? I did. Me too. Nice. I guess we can, <laughs> if there's anything we want to say about it, I guess we can mention that real quick. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of analysis or anything, but... Um, and then we got the Rise of Skywalker was released as well on Disney Plus today. And if you, I'm sure you've noticed by now, but if you go in and if you click the Star Wars section of Disney Plus, this, there's a little May the 4th message that pops up for a second, which is kind of cool. Uh, so yeah, we got those things. As you mentioned, we got some pretty cool news, and we'll get to that later about um, personnel involved with the future projects for Star Wars, including potentially a director for involved with the Mandalorian as well as um, a director and two co-writers for a future star Wars movie. So again, and, we, we and, got some good, we got some good stuff and yeah, there are sales and stuff going on right now too, as always. Like no, no, expect, no. There's, but... there's some big news that came out too. None of the people Yaddle. today were named Ryan Johnson. Oh, that, that, that is correct. God, I want to do a dance. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I thought you were talking about the big news being that in this uh, upcoming Skywalker Saga Lego game, Yaddle is a playable character. Really? That's what I saw on the internet, so I'm assuming it's no, no. true. Don't care. I don't <laughs> play Lego Lego game. God knows how long, if ever. Wait, I'm seeing... Oh, we'll get to this later. I'm seeing something now that says what you told me before the show started is misinformation. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that later, but... um. First off, we have, again, so, you know, 
cool day to be doing a Star Wars podcast. But we have the series finale for Star Wars The Clone Wars. Now it is officially done. When we thought it was done the first time, even then we knew it wasn't actually done because they didn't get to finish what they wanted to finish. Now they have. So um, I, I guess the first thing I want to say isn't about the show itself or like the episode itself, but just kind of how I was thinking about it when I was watching it. Because obviously it was kind of sad because... Um, this is the last one, you know, and it feels like after years of waiting, we just got it back and now it's already done again a half a season later. You know, it's like, uh, I, I say half a season cause it's only 12 episodes instead of the typical, uh, was it 23? Are they usually for Clone Wars? Yeah, uh, I think so. 22, 23. Yeah. So, um, but so, so we get a, a short season, um, back finally after all this time and just like that it's gone again and it's gone forever um, we think at this point at least it's gone forever so in that way it is sad you know but at the same time I was kind of having to remind myself that um, it didn't really come back so to speak as much as they're just finishing what they didn't get to before I mean that seems like a subtle or, or minor difference but it kind of made it a little less annoying that like, you know, it didn't just come back, but more like this is the actual end that was been in the works all this time anyway. So I don't know. I thought that kind of helped, but what did you think about it as just as an episode, not even an end, but just as an episode? Oh, I thought it was fantastic, but, but you can't, you can't really separate it as just an episode and not an end to a series or not an end to an arc or the end of the Clone Wars itself, you know, because everything about it is, everything that makes it so good is because of the stakes. You know, this is something that we haven't seen yet or known about or found out about, you know, and, and especially, you know, I'm sure we'll get to it, but that little coda at the end, oh boy, that stuff was good little extra extra piece you know when they jump forward in time yeah to, at the end oh god that was that was fantastic yeah, that's exactly the type of stuff that you know and honestly watching that and i'm sure if you're listening you've already seen it but watching the stuff with the with darth vader i honestly thought we'd get some sort of announcement today about uh about a new series you know because is this the first time that there's no we don't know what's in development as far as animation goes. Right. I mean, rumors, but, but nothing really substantial other than that. Well, I, I, but, but I think, though, at least for announcements, as far as announcements goes, when, when Clone Wars was canceled, they announced a new show, right? Yes. Right. I, mean, I don't think they said it was Rebels, but they announced that there was a show in development. Right. And I think they, they might have even said it, the general time frame of it or something. Right, right. And then when Rebels ended, they made their Resistance was starting, and then when Resistance started to end, obviously you knew Clone Wars was coming. At least last year you knew. Right. And now this is over, and it's like we have no idea whatsoever. Right. I mean, and I really it, expected that today would be that day. That would have made sense because not only is it again the day that the Clone Wars technically ends, but it is a day of announcements, and it's you know again May fourth, and you would expect that if they were to announce, I mean, based off the history that you just mentioned, that would totally make sense for them to say, hey, by the way, here's a, a a series coming out about a sequel to Rebels, pretty much, or whatever it is. Yeah, that's what I would have thought, unless they got something else, you know, up their sleeves. But 
you know, it, it, it's one of those things where I'm not going to get really, I'm going to get angry either way, but uh, it, it was such a satisfying, you know, finale that uh, you just kind of want to sit with it for a while. And I, and I do want to see it when they edit it all together if they do that. Oh, yeah. And I saw somebody suggested that they edit it together and mix it in with Revenge of the Sith. I don't I think. That. Oh, I was I think that's a cool idea. I think it would be a little weird to have the animation and live action crossover just a little little jagged to me. Um but so so again, it's a cool idea. I don't know how well it would work, but I do think that we said this before. I I wish that they would put especially the Siege of Mandalore just together and ha- give it some sort of theatrical release cuz that would be so cool. And it looks so good anyway, just visually. Oh. Easily the best the series has ever looked. So and and yeah, no, it does. It looks just great. The voice actors are on point, as you would expect. The story was so good. Like there, there's no reason, as far as a fan's perspective, to not have it in the theater. <laughs> the time works. Like yeah. Although, well, it, it, and I think there's some. What I see some places. Some places reopened today, like in Texas. I think those theaters are reopened. It's like uh, if we start getting theaters that reopened here, it would be nice. Now they're reopening, but do you? Ha- I don't know if you know, but are there? You know, only every fourth seat can be taken, or something like that. Well, they're doing they're doing twenty five percent capacity. Okay. Um, and they have people opening the doors for you and shutting the doors. And I think they have. Probably more specific foods, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like obviously, you know, I don't know what theater you go to, but but uh, butter has become self serve. Mm-hmm. Most napkins are. I know drinks are, and and especially with the one, you know, it, it'll suck the, that it has to go. But the one that I love the most uh, is one of those like eight million choice Coke places. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you can't, you know, you can't touch that screen right now yeah well because like there, there are a couple different uh theaters that i do go to so i know what you're talking about the main one i go to is an alamo draft house so um oh, okay. they they have that's an entirely other thing they're having to deal with right now I, I just saw not that long ago they're doing uh like like maybe i don't know if it's curbside or delivery or what but they're they're keeping their restaurant side of things open right now to keep that going the food that good I mean, it's good. I I don't necessarily feel like I would have to have it if I'm not there watching a movie, but I enjoy it when I'm there. Right. I mean, I'm I'm ready to go back. Yeah. I I would go back today if they opened it. Yeah, it's it's weird because I was I was just talking recently to um somebody who uh, longer listeners of the show will know well um Andrea recently, and uh and I said something to her about I'm like yeah on the one hand you know of course. You know, everybody's in the same boat and all doing our part and all this kind of stuff. And, and I'm, I'm happy to be doing whatever my part is, but just purely based off of convenience, I am so done with this thing, <laughs> you know, like I want to, I, I want to go and, and yeah, go see a movie and with, with a full theater. I mean, obviously not right now, but I'm saying in spirit, I want to go do that with a full theater and, and experience these things again and just get back to life as we've known it this whole time. Well, you know, like on my end, um, I said this before and I've whined to complain. My life hasn't changed all that much. I'm, I'm still <laughs> surrounded by people every day. Yeah. And, you know, and 
between me and you and the wall. I just got an announcement today that our, our, our first associate has it. They got the they got the virus. Yeah. So, you know, I just I just found out pretty recently. There's a friend of mine who got it, and uh, overall he's doing fine again now, and he like seems to be okay, but. Um, a friend of mine got it, and the sister of a coworker of mine got it. And it's like all around me. It just fortunately hasn't yeah. gotten to me yet. But well, for me, it was like they they call they call us into a meeting, and they're doing it one at a time. And, you know, I probably get in trouble for if this ever gets anywhere. But it was um, hey, guess what? Somebody has I mean, it. Feel free to not say it if it's going to get you in trouble. No, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Like, hey, they're actually good. I was ha- I was thankful that they announced it to us. Yeah, uh, because that's that's what you want. But unfortunately, yeah. with with you know health rules and all that, they couldn't tell us anything else. And so the thing that I want to know is, okay, so who is it? Who had it? Do I need to worry about that person? Did I see that person? Did I sit next to that person? Did I help that person get something? Did I walk by and did they cough on me? What what part of the store are they working? And they won't tell you any of that stuff. So you just, you know, you've already been freaked out about it before. And now you're freaked out about it for good reason. And, and it's almost like, you know, you're in the movie The Thing. You're wondering who it is. Mm-hmm. Was it you? No. <laughs> I think I think that's a great mystery is that it was all just each of us. As well. No, what's that about? Is about the friends we made along the way or whatever? How does what, that the, work? The virus? Well, it's because I remember, I don't remember how it goes. There's something about celebration people were saying at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Celebration was the best thing about celebration was the friends we made along the way. Okay, yeah, that. So that, that's, that's what I'm going with is that this entire experience that we're all having to go through, the best thing about it is the friends we've made along the way. But the sad thing is, it's not. I haven't made any friends. I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> I'm trying. I don't want to. The one good thing about this is I got everybody cooking. It's amazing. I, got, I come home to, like I said, you used to hear me cook all the time. I come home to amazing meals now that I don't have to do anything for. It's fantastic. I don't, I don't want anybody to go back to work. I don't want to go to movies. Yeah, movies would be good. Um just the general, you know, concept of seeing. Well, again, where you work, actually, I'm sure that you don't have to worry about this. For me, I miss seeing that humans actually have faces, because I forgot oh. that was the thing. Yeah, I, I don't. Because we, we all have faces, and they're all different. I forgot. You just, you know, you're you are a fan of what's it called? The, the type of country where everybody's face facial recognition is scanned and you know you are you're a fan of big brother this is keeping big brother down <laughs> uh i guess that's a way to look you have at an it iPhone? you have an iphone i i technically i have one it isn't my phone that i use but i technically own one yes no other people with face, facial recognition are probably mad that they have to take off their mask to to get their iphone to pop up the screen unlock. I don't care, Tim. So, what are you gonna do uh, when iRobot becomes reality and they send Sunny after you from all this? Which one's Sunny? He's the main robot. 
Can I robot? Yeah, Alan Tiddick is uh, Sonny. Oh, really? Yeah. I likes playing robots. I mean, I have to watch that movie again. <laughs> it's been it's been a little while since I've seen it. Um, but every time I do, like if I catch it on TV for a few minutes or something, I always watch. It. I'm like, you know, it's it's always fascinating to me to watch movies that are futuristic from however long ago, whether it's five years, ten years, twenty years, whatever it is. It's always fun to do that. Once you rewatch I Am Legend, also. I Am Legend. Yeah, the one with I, the virus and Will Smith. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I saw that. I think twice, and that's been even longer since I've seen that. That was actually pretty good. But you think you think we're done with this? That this is it for this style. This is it for this, you know, this world, so to speak. Uh, like life's never going to be the same, or what are you? What are you going with no, no, no. here? <laughs> I actually went back to talking about Star Wars again. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. about, about about Clone Wars. I mean, are we are we done with with? We're probably done with this era, except maybe in obviously there's books and comic books coming out. Yeah, and and we've just my hope is that I mean, it's tough because on the one hand you hear about how when they people work on something for so long and they put so much devotion into it, they want to exit on their high note and on their peak, you know. And I kind of feel like that's what's happened. Like the show, as both at a, at a technical and story perspective, has peaked at its conclusion and its finale. So on the one hand, I get that where they want to end on their high note. At the same time, I'm kind of like, you know, here we are. It's it's finally gotten to being the best it's ever been. Now's the time to explore, as we've discussed before, these other stories in these, you know, three episode one-off arcs or something, Clone Wars anthology, whatever it is, but just these little stories here and there. You've got the the great technical ability for it now and it looks so good i think you have the willingness of the voice actors i think and you've certainly got the willingness of the fans so i would like to see something like that happen but at this point that is just a hope and otherwise like you said i think we're just down to to comics and novels maybe for a while for this anything in the prequel era honestly because i think they're going to be turning such a big focus now to the high republic era oh for sure uh, yeah, and I wouldn't be, even be surprised if we get some sort of animated High Republic thing. But, but at the same time, it's like I just don't get why you know they saw the hoopla, hoopla that uh, this got as far as it, as a Disney Plus show. You know, it, it's surprising to me that they're not doing anything right now. I mean, you could easily easily do like we talked about the the Solo Two or whatever, or that sort of. That sort of storyline encompassing, you know, gangsters and smuggling and Lando mm-hmm. and Han and, you know, Darth Maul and all that kind of stuff. And you can easily do a story set right after, right after uh, Rebels, you know? Yeah. Not after Rebels, excuse me, right after uh, Return of the Jedi, which includes the story of rebels and and well and and luke and all that well i was gonna say you can do one right after rebels because they're they're talking about that potential rebels type of sequel series potentially and if that happens i mean you can do that too i mean you can do anything honestly oh yeah that'd be good but who knows what we're gonna get because you know everything everything else that we're getting doesn't seem like it's tied in with that but so I would just, I guess just to to, to get ready, because we do have many more things to talk about, but as far as the end of this, yeah, it was a very um, satisfying conclusion to the series, I would say. It's very different from 
of course, and like the type of conclusion that we get in The Rise of Skywalker, because that was a little bit more of a celebratory type of conclusion. Uh, they can't really do that here. They can't really celebrate the series because of the context of the story and what it means when the Clone Wars are over. That's not a good thing, for you know, from the perspective of the good guys on the show. So you can't end it on a really good note, but you can end it on a powerful and impactful and emotional note, and that's what they did. So I thought it was very well done for that, and I feel like the the two uh, the, the two things I just want to point out that stood out to me the most. Um, as far as the, the, the artistic side of it. Um, one is in this episode when they show Vader at the end and you see his face and you can see Anakin's eyes behind it, behind his little, not visor, what's the word? Eyepiece, I guess. It was sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a better way. Um, you can see his eyes behind it, which is really cool. And then the, it was actually the last episode where when... I hope I, I don't think I mentioned this, but maybe I did. But when the Emperor is giving Rex Order 66, they show Rex up close and you can see his pupils kind of like, like dilate and shift a little bit. When oh, you being... notice that. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really subtle. And if you're not paying attention, you aren't going to see it. But that that's the level of, of detail and effort that's being put into this. So I just want to like acknowledge those things because they're so neat, they're so cool. Um, of course, we have that um, the Can you talk reference. About the music real quick? Yeah. So I really like the music in this arc, uh, especially the lot of lot of techno heavy, not techno heavy, excuse me, uh, synth heavy music. Right. Um, it's not on the soundtrack. It, it's very very. It's it's light. There's not much to it. You know, they use they use use synth a lot to establish a mood, so Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily melodic, more so as it's foreboding. I saw so many people compare it to uh, Blade Runner. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But you know, we talked last week about the not needle drop, although I still think it is uh, of from Close Encounters, right? And so I listened to the piece of Close Encounters. It's from the main title. Yeah. So here's what's interesting. What's in the episode, this is from what I can tell with my untrained ears, what's in the episode is far more closer to what's on um, the Closing Kind of soundtrack than to the actual music that he released on the soundtrack for episodes, you know, for the last arc. Does that make sense? I think I'm following. <laughs> so, so basically, in a, in a nutshell, it really sounds like Close Encounters to me on TV. But mm. whatever he did for that exact moment on the soundtrack, it it's doesn't different. sound like it. It sounds like he was going for it, but whereas you could almost think that they picked up clone, uh, they picked up Close Encounters and dropped it on the actual, you know, when you watch it, that he re-recorded it and changed it a little bit when it's on the soundtrack. Because what's Almost. on the soundtrack, well, what's on the soundtrack is not what I saw on, you know, Disney Plus. In my right, opinion. right. So al- almost as if they had the Close Encounters part as like a temp score, and they really liked it, so they stuck that actual piece in there or something like that. Right. Even though he may have actually recorded a different version of it. Right. They may have just changed the modulation a little bit, so it doesn't sound fully identical, but it sounds really close. Yeah. 
That's interesting. I, I, I didn't listen to that specifically on the soundtrack yet, so I, I don't know if it sounds different to me or not, but that's interesting. I, it wouldn't be the first time. I don't know about with him, but obviously with composers, you know, it's not the first right. time. People love the temp score so much. We talked about it last time, you know, with, uh, what's it, King's Row. Clearly mm-hmm. somebody liked the temp, the temp score for that. Or you have, or you have other situations to where you have other situations to where like in, uh, what is it, A New Hope, they just take bits of Psycho, Bernard Herman, and just place it in one section. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so when when they're hiding um, in the cargo hold in the Millennium Falcon, they just took a stinger from Bernard Herman's Psycho and let, put it in that place. So, kind of interesting. Well, because, and, and we did go over this before, but if anybody didn't, it just it's quick in case nobody was uh, listening that time. Yeah, it's it's an extremely common, if not normal, practice uh, for directors and, and editors and people putting together a movie to have, because the score is one of the last things in the process that is created for a film. So while they get to that point, they take music from other works, other movies usually, and just put it in there to give an idea and a concept of what it would be like once we get our score for this film. So right. that, that's what the temp score is. That's kind of what we're talking about. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that is interesting because, and, and overall, I do want to give some major props and credit to Kevin Kiner too because, uh, you know, I feel like he's gotten some level of crap from the community before <laughs> the online community. Um, may, not so much from Clone Wars, but mainly uh, with Rebels and Resistance, where people were saying basically, yeah, he's done his thing. He's been good. But I'd really like to see so-and-so uh, do it now. Uh, Gordy Hobb is a big one. I really want to see him start doing uh, some animated there... series. So so with Gordy Hobb, um, everyone was saying how great he was, right? Mm-hmm. So I went and listened to some of his stuff, and it is really good, but I can't, without playing the games, you know, there's not soundtracks for his music, which feels weird. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Because I'd really like to hear, you know, maybe his stuff put together in a suite, or, because, yeah, he, he's able to channel that really well. I'd but like I to hear some more, like, original uh, work of his just to see how his brain works. I haven't, I, I'm, it's out there, but I'm not as familiar with that as, like you said, pretty much just popping in the game. Would you see the re releasing uh, Shadows of the Empire soundtrack? I just saw that earlier today, yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Which, which gives me, which gives me hope that we may see a Prince Zizor and Dash Rendar uh, <laughs> at some point in, in new Star Wars canon. You never say never, it, it could very well happen. Especially now that, you know, that they're expanding. They're, well, it seems, it seems like a great time to expand in your lore. You're no longer trying to do tie-in story stuff with prequel era things. You're no longer really doing that with originals or sequels. Honestly, it's, it's done. The stories are pretty much done. They can, you can work with them, but for the most part, this is the most uh, creative canon as a whole can be right now. You know, I think I've just I've just found a way to bring that stuff back without it being shot as the Empire. Is it time travel? No. <laughs> okay. No. So remember the, the solo cartoon we talked about? Yeah. Dash Rendar in that would be fantastic. And so would Prince Izor. As even maybe somebody who's trying to take, you know, was a black sun away from 
from uh or he's with black sun right he, he i think he's with black sun but they could have like a warring faction with crimson dawn or something yeah you could bring that character back you could have you know so Soul what about a what about a prince Snyder versus maul fight uh it wouldn't it'd be over well i i don't i don't mean like like you know like that kind of fight like and like maul and Ahsoka. i don't mean that kind of fight but i mean like a political warring faction kind of fight that'd be great yeah that'd be that'd be fantastic because that type of show can give you everything you know you can get the bounty hunters you you know you can get uh like we talked about you get jacks or jackson right you know you, you can get all these weird stuff together and it would fit more in an animated show than anything else mm-hmm. uh, and it would give everybody what what it want you could even bring back infus nest uh yeah. for those people that really like her that way uh, there's a lot of cool things you can do with it. Yeah, and, and again, we, we have such big story potential that we can do right now. Uh, I, I think it feels to me, now again, I'm an outside perspective to the creative process for Star Wars right now, but to me, it almost feels like the harder thing now is to figure out what you want to do as opposed to what you have to do to appease people, because you can do anything. Well, I... Like, I think with animated shows, in my personal opinion, or at least for what I want, animated shows should be a mix of old and new. And and it should be mostly, I would say, filling in gaps. So right. I like the idea. I like they the do idea that well. of Solo, solo and, and those characters. Yeah. You know, and then introducing new characters and bring back, you know, other types of smugglers and all that type of stuff. Um, and, I, and I think filling in gaps you know, after Return of the Jedi would be good with the other animated series. For for you know the actual Disney Plus live action, you've got to have a concept, or you've got to have an actor. You know, like in the case of Ewan McGregor, that that it makes absolute sense to have this series be there because everybody wants to see it. So with with a with a character like you know with an actor like Ewan McGregor doing a character like Obi Wan, that's a no brainer. Same thing if they decided to do a, a Yoda movie, that's one that lends itself to more of a live action. In my opinion. No, I agree, but do you think we'll ever, or not ever, anytime remotely soon, we would get a character live action movie? Like, like Solo, for example, but like Yoda or uh, Obi Wan, I guess we were going to, but that kind of came into the series. But like, do, do you think we're going to get any theatrical movie, or not even just Disney's fine, Disney Plus, but just a live action two hour movie about a character in the near future? Yeah, I, I think you can. I, I think if anything, we might get one for Orlando. Okay. I mean, hey, I'd be cool with that, but I just I don't know if I expect that at this point. No, but I, but I think while you know, God forbid, while he's still alive, and he, and he's still fairly mobile, and everyone you know, that was one one of the you know, love it or hate it. I think for most people, that was one of the high points of of the show, of uh, Rise of, Rise of Skywalker was seeing Lando again. So if you've got a two-hour movie or whatever, what do you say? I don't know a single person who, like, everybody who hated the movie, I I think that was, like you said, not a complaint from it. Right, right. So you easily have, you know, I I think definitely a compelling story where, you know, you've got him trying to find his daughter and you can have Jenna, Jenna, right? Yes. Uh, You have her in there. And you can even have some of the other characters. And you don't have to necessarily focus on, it's not like you're, ruining any potential 
future storytelling for that era because it doesn't have to be connected to Ray and Poe and Finn necessarily. Well, and, and especially because at the end of Rise of Skywalker, you have Lando and Janna talking about how they're yes. going to go figure this out. And it almost makes it seem like a buddy adventure between just the two of them that has nothing to do with everything else. I mean, you could have you could have them looking for they're still mopping up the first order, let's say, while they're trying to get answers to where his, his daughter went. And, and no. I think as far as that's that is a that's the type of thing that it may not do well uh, on the big screen, but it would do fantastic, I think, with people wanting to watch it. But that's a good point too, because we have a decent amount, not a ton, but a decent amount of, of story material devoted to the aftermath of the Empire, like the the book series, you know, and. Um, the whole thing surrounding Jakku and all this kind of stuff. Um, Luke's adventures kind of with Battlefront, all this. There's really nothing that I know of yet that really starts to dive into the aftermath of uh, the First Order. Now, there hasn't been a lot of time yet. The movie just came out in December. But that is that's another interesting kind of niche story area that they can take these characters, like you were pointing out. Yeah, I think, I think it's just, it makes the most sense if you're going to do anything about a character right now. And I don't think it would be that expensive to make. Uh, it doesn't seem like it'd, it'd be a movie that would need a ton of, uh, of special effects. Like, I always thought Solo would have been an easy series to make or something. It seems like it yeah. should be cheaper than what it was. Because it's a lot of time spent in the Falcon. And you build that set, you, you know. And who would want to? Come on. You throw Chewie in there too, and the droids on an adventure. Who who wouldn't want to see? Uh, I think, in my opinion, who wouldn't want to see R two and three PO? Three PO had a good send off, but who wouldn't want to see R two get a good send off too? Yeah. Or or another adventure to where it really feels like the old characters. Well, yeah, and, and also like you're talking about the finances and all that. I mean, just look at the Mandalorian and how much that's done for the genre as a whole with how. You can tell stories that seem big budget without that big of a budget. Yep. Yeah. yeah we did, and, uh, well, like, and we'll just, find that out again with the Kenobi series, I'm sure. A picture in that cast, if, excuse me, if they did it, you know, uh, Chewbacca or, or Jonas, what is it, Zotomo? I say it. Um, as far as I know, yeah, Jonas. Uh, and then I think you got it right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say Jonas. Jonas and the rest. I, I'd be happy with just Lando and Chewbacca together. As long as he scratches his head and calls it Chewbacca, I'd be <laughs> fine. I mean, I would be pretty, pretty happy with it and kind of rooting for Naomi Aki to be in there too. Yeah, yeah. I've been. Uh, so I don't think anything that, that has been announced will be that. Yeah. Nice game segue. I was going to say, speaking of announcements, we, get there a, you go. we, we did get a couple today. Uh, well, one's not quite an official announcement, but it basically is. What do you mean? Because uh, it, it wasn't like a StarWars.com announcement or anything. Which one? But there, there was a tweet that a director uh, posted. Um, his name is Peyton Reed, and you would know, I think the biggest thing that most people would know him from is work, uh, directing the Ant-Man movies. Um, and he posted a picture on his Twitter account of a director's chair with his name on it and a Mandalorian, or the Mandalorian helmet sitting in the chair. And we had, we had heard that rumor too. 
that yeah. he's going to be doing it. Um, that's not even what I was talking about, though. About oh, well, I, I know, I know, but we'll we'll get there next. But yeah, you just went the wrong way. Overall, I, I mean, we, are, are you are you I happy? We're turning right. <laughs> yeah, I am. I really am. I but what would be even greater or better was if it was a director's chair that said George Lucas on it, because again, again. I think it's going to happen. And it still could. It still could. It might be the great secret that they're holding back. Could be that. It could be that um, they'd, they're they holding back on it because maybe he'll do the season two finale and they're not there yet. So it's still being, I, I don't know, but it is still possible. Um, as far as the other thing, th- this is a little big too, kind of a little bit, a little, little big. Um, there was an announcement today from StarWars.com that they there will be a Star Wars movie coming out and it is going to be directed and co-written by somebody who's not exactly new to the franchise, uh, Taiko Waititi. He will yes. direct and co-write a new Star Wars feature film for theatrical release, so not a Disney Plus thing. And uh, Christy Wilson-Carnes is going to co-write the screenplay with him as well. And what has she written? That is something that I need to look up, but she it is say she. Well, why are you looking up? Go look it up. Why are you looking up? Nominee, it says. Well, there's one. There's one thing that I know that I'm like, okay, fine, great, great choice. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) It says she co-wrote Last Night in Soho in 1917. That's the one. Yeah, I did not realize that she wrote that. So yeah, there you go. Most definitely was a good movie. Not that there's a ton of you know dialogue in 1917. However. You know, plotting that thing out is half the story. Oh you know? yeah. And so, and so, uh, I'm happy with that. You know. And you know, it, it, here's the thing: I, we have Taika Waititi. People know him and love him from The Mandalorian and from Thor Ragnarok as well. But I don't want to overlook the fact that he was also not only nominated, but he won an Oscar for his work with Jojo Rabbit because he wrote and directed like your that. Favorite one, right? That I mean, it was it was like I I think nineteen seventeen and, and Jojo Rabbit were my top two. And it's hard because they're probably I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, but they're just diverse. Uh, they're they're polar opposites, right? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, just because one. Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing. The thing that's good about Jojo Rabbit is that it is both a somewhat you know lighthearted and humorous Taika Waititi movie, but it does take the subject matter seriously and, and things happen in the movie that are very, very not lighthearted at all. So that, that's part of what's good about it is that somehow he gets a balance between the two that works really well. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on, on a limb. I have nothing to back this up. <laughs> this always turns out well. No, it's actually, it actually would make a lot of sense once I start explaining it, but I think that he recommended her for the job or that he wanted her to be on the job with him. Oh, I can absolutely see that. And the whole reason why I say that is I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't start really talking to each other a lot. I assume they met. uh, I don't know when they met, but with all these press junkets that Oscar nominees Mm -hmm. have to do, especially all the awards parties. Yeah. When they're both in the screenplay category. Yeah. Because they would have been that they must've talked and he must be like, oh, yeah, this is a person I want to work with. And I'm sure she's like, yeah, this is a guy I want to work with. And they're like, do a Star Wars. And to me, it's like, okay, that sounds great. Now, what's the, what's the premise? Right. 
What what era I, are we even talking about? Era premise, and I feel like she'll she'll rein him in a little bit, or reel him in a little bit, so it doesn't get that out there. Well, and it's interesting too because uh, I saw somebody online suggest that this could be the twenty twenty two Star Wars movie, but I don't think so because first off, it's it's a little late, I think, for that at this point when he already has a Thor movie coming out in twenty twenty two. Yeah. So the I, person, I don't. The only person he's not Spielberg, not yet. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, Spielberg so did I, I like don't... what Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year. Uh, sounds right. I think so. Jurassic Park was 93, and I think Schindler's List was too. Jurassic Park just pops up for you. Schindler's List is a movie from 1994. Hmm. Okay, well, I know that he... February of 94, and yeah, Jurassic Park was in 93, so pretty close. Oh, okay, within within 12 months. Yeah. I mean, it was like seven months apart. I know there's that, that story that, you know, James Lucas directed the final shot of Jurassic Park because Spielberg had to leave to go start filming um, Synthesis. You knew that, right? I've heard that before. Yeah. I, I didn't know if that was, like, confirmed or anything, but I have heard that. Well, yeah. I, I Well, I you know, I'd say, oh, yeah, but I'd have to find the source. But... <laughs> yeah, the, the scene where, you know, it says, where the dinosaur... Where... The, the scene where they're escaping, basically, in the Tyrannosaurus Rex is like, you know, King of the World or whatever. Yeah, like the banner falls down. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's all computer animated. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, looking, for, I'm looking forward to, to his. And I don't know what else we're getting, you know, because there's still that, there's still these random stories out there that, that it, it, it's weird because probably within the past month, month and a half, we've heard rumors Taika Waititi is going to be doing a Star Wars, and he didn't get any confirmation. And then we heard that, you know, um, the girl who Leslie was announced also today, Hedlund. Leslie Headland, who did, you know, Russian Dolls, that she would get a series. And then it was announced today. Yep. But there was another one where I think it was the guy from Luke Cage, maybe, that he may have, not, not the actor, but uh, one of the directors or, or writers, would be doing a show or a movie they didn't know. And I haven't heard any more about that. They kind of just laid out there. And we yeah. haven't heard any more about the Kevin Feige thing. Even though I think that's pretty much as close to being announced as you can get. I think, yeah. But there's no time frame for it. So, you know, there's obviously, you know, and I, and I joke about it, although, and as much as I joke about, you know, Ryan Johnson and all I would still be there opening night to watch a Ryan Johnson Star Wars, mm-hmm. regardless of what it is. Even if it was, you know, Revenge of Broom Boy, I'd be there. <laughs> Revenge of Broom so, Boy, I like it. Yeah, just for me at this point, you know, I, I'm I'm very what's the word? Selfish, and I want to dance. Uh, if he doesn't do a Star Wars, like the people danced when the Game of Thrones guys didn't do Star Wars. Yeah, so this is me being a bad person. You know, the thing is, I almost forgot. See, and and that's something else too. I saw it might have been our our friend Drew, I think, online. So I saw somebody on Twitter pointed out about not getting used to good news with people homing Star Wars projects. Oh, <laughs> pretty yeah. much, which it, that is fair. I I like to think that uh, they're they're that's not going to be a concern with with Taika Waititi at all, especially since he they've be, already worked. He with would him. be the yeah, and he would be the biggest one that if this doesn't work out, it's like. 
wow, now you, now you guys really screwed up. Yeah. Be- because everybody else is sort of, not to say that they're entry level, but everybody else you can kind of, well, you know, I don't know, it's hard to say, because we've got Colin Trevorrow, who just, who had directed one of the biggest blockbusters of all time, gone. Right. Right. We've got the Game of Thrones guys, who had the most successful television show, you know, arguably ever, on HBO, gone. You know, the guys who, Phil Lord and, and what's his name? What's his name? Miller. Yes, thank you. I want to say Arthur Miller, but I knew that wasn't right. Um, <laughs> who did a, what? Uh, 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street. Uh, ended up doing it. Spider-Verse. Yep, I'm experimenting with Spider-Verse. They uh, were producers on How I Met Your Mother. Um, right. They did the Lego Gone. movies. Gone. Lego movie's huge. You can still sing that stupid song. <laughs> Josh Trank. Eh. Everything is awesome. Yes, everything is awesome. But Josh yeah. Trank, they kind of let him go. Not a big deal. Yeah. And, uh, uh, oh, gosh, what's his name? Uh, James Mangold. James Mangold, which I think he said, I think he denied it and said it didn't happen. I, I think he did say that, but at the same time, a lot of other people are saying it did, so who knows? Yeah. This plot, thank you. Bye. Yeah. Although I was happy about that one. Yeah. So I don't know, you know. When, when he sits in the director's chair, I still won't fully believe it, but we'll see. I'm just, I am just psyched. I really want to see what this man comes up with for Star Wars because it's going to be great. I think whatever it is, I, I mean, you know, again, knowing his style and stuff, I think it's worked very well with everything he's done so far, and I think his work on the Mandalorian was fantastic. I know he didn't write those episodes, but still, I thought he did a great job. Um, and I just, I overall am a huge fan of him, and since he already has experience working in this universe. And I think he's got a good respect for it. I think what he's going to come up with is going to be a Taika Waititi Star Wars, but it is still going to be Star Wars. And I really want to see what he does. Well, you know, and speaking of uh, Waititi and, and, and Mandalorian, we hadn't really, you know, we knew he directed it, but you never got to really see him in Star Wars. You know, and he plays a, obviously, the first episode of, what was it, Disney Gallery? Mm-hmm. That you and I both happened to watch, even though we said we weren't going to. <laughs> uh, what'd you What'd you think of of, of him talking and, and that sort of? I mean, obviously, Favreau's just got such a great style when he gets in a roundtable with, with with these people, and especially that they're all his directors. But what'd you think of YTD and in, in, in his sort of explanation on things? Uh, I really felt like he he kind of had like an aura about him of, of just being slightly and i mean it's in a good way like slightly different from everybody else and almost like a, a half cut above is how it hit me like slightly more professional I, I don't know it's weird but i just got the overall vibe for him him that he was very comfortable and like and he absolutely knew what he was doing well but then also you know in that room besides favreau he is he is the most successful I mean, the biggest name in directing next to yeah 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 you know, I, I'd say as far as Star Wars fans go, it's arguably that Filoni's the biggest in that room. And Filoni did a great right. job in the interview, too. They oh, hit some, yeah. some really good stories. For sure. But, uh, I, and, and I really liked, I really liked hearing, it, it was such a great, great episode. I really liked hearing about Deborah Chow. And yep. uh, uh, I always want to say Fukuyama, but is, it, is that right? Uh, I don't think it's quite. I, I don't have it here. <laughs> I don't remember. I didn't know if there's a K in there. 
or if it's for your comma. Anyway, uh, he's great. And one his episode that he talked about, I guess, so he's talking about the heist episode, right? Yeah. And how it was his chance to really write one. And I guess the way he says it, that this, the executives kind of like, okay, um, I'm not sure about this one. <laughs> but that's think, easily one of my favorites. Like Favreau said that Disney said it was weird <laughs> or something mean? like that. It was weird. But, but yeah, but, but it, it kind of felt like a clone. I think we said this at the time. It felt kind of like a Clone Wars arc. A little bit. Not in all of them, man. But that, that whole group that they've got, you know, and, and I don't fully know who's coming back. You know, I do know you got Peyton Reed, and I think they said Taika Watiti will be doing one, or he did one. And I think I thought they said John Favreau would even be directing one this time. Well, we, we, and we've got, you know, Chris Lucas doing an episode, so. We certainly hope. I mean, that'd be really cool. I, I really genuinely would be fascinated, and I would love to see what he would do at this point. Like, with everything, whatever, there, there's a whole big internet conversation about what he does or doesn't think about which movie, but I just, I want to see what today's George Lucas would make for Star Wars. I think, and here's my thing, I think he loves, obviously he loves Filoni. Filoni oh. loves him. Yeah, I think he and Favreau are more like geek nerd buddies. To where Favreau is the one right now who's pushing technology, mm-hmm. especially with this you know sort of virtual uh, you know uh, shooting stage. Right. And, and so I think if one thing is going to get Lucas to do it is that. Let me play with this technology. Yeah. Because he's, he's the one who, you know, I'm not going to say just him, but he, in association with people that he hired, they wrote the book on special effects. They wrote the book on, you know, new technology and, and, and digital filmmaking and all that. And yeah. I think he would love to just relax, shoot, you know, shoot an episode and not really have to worry about it that much. Well, and plus... The the technology that the Mandalorian is using started with him, with what he was trying to develop for Underworld. Oh, right, right. So this would almost be like a, a full, not full circle, but just like a, a next step completion for him to be involved with this because this started with that and, and what he did with that. Trying to make a, you know, again, something that appears to be big budget on a TV budget, and, and that's what they've done. I hope. I hope. Well, and I think the uh, the other thing that we were going to mention today is more rumor based at this point, is my understanding. Um, you, I think you know a little bit more about it than I do. Uh, so if if you want to mention it real quick, but there was a live stream where somebody potentially says something that he wasn't supposed to say. Well, the only thing that I had heard, uh, and this is on Reddit, uh, you can you know Star Wars links on Reddit, you can look at it there. But apparently, there's a live stream that somebody talked about, you know. Maybe some concept art that they saw. They they were a returning cast member for for um uh, God, what was it? Returning cast member for Mandalorian. Yes. And it, I think it even got the reason it got known or pushed out there was who's Clayton Sandall? Is he like a reporter? Um, I I don't know. I, I, yeah, I see his name as somebody who kind of reports things. I don't know if that's what he does, but. So a lot of these, a lot of these guys, you know, especially ones who have close relationships with Lucasfilm or whatever, 
they don't they may hear something they don't they don't reveal it because they are the ones who want to do the big pieces for entertainment tonight or you know good morning america they're not into the scooping and spoiler game they're into the you know access set village let me you know set visits let me show you that type of stuff yeah so he's the one that kind of mentioned that a guy might have just screwed over his NDA or, or, or doesn't quite know how to read an NDA and see what it meant, uh, but that he had worked with or saw, you know, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano and then Tamira Morrison. Now, me, I was excited. I'm a huge Boba Fett fan. I was like, yes, yes, yes. You know, we're finally getting Boba Fett. And then somebody pointed out, no, it would probably be Captain Rex. Which is cool. <laughs> Just not as cool to me. Probably cool to a lot of people, and I'm not going to random your parade, but I'll be excited to see it either way. It just makes it to where if you saw Rex, you wouldn't... The likelihood that you're going to see Timur Morrison as Boba Fett has gone down drastically. Well, I... Okay. Well, first but you off, can have him never take off his helmet. Well, I'm like the the first thing I want to point out is that I would say not necessarily because we know that Boba is a clone of Django, and we know that Rex is a clone of Django. So to have him involved in any type of Star Wars at this point is encouraging, because then what's to keep him from doing something as Boba Fett? And it would make sense, and we know that. So I, I don't think it necessarily drastically decreases it. Um, having said that, I am ready to make you a little triggered. Um, which is for me to say that I would, if he's going to be involved with something, I would rather have him be involved to play live action Rex than Boba Fett at this point. I get it. It doesn't really bother me. Wow. Okay. Well, that was disappointing. I know. <laughs> I, do, I, I saw your game plan. I decided not to give it to you. All right. That's okay. I'm just going to console myself with the fact that in my head, you're, you're starting to turn red and what there's a if, coming out the ears. What if Rex wears. Boba Fett's outfit. Yes. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I just found this on Tatooine, just lying there in the sand and looked cool. Yeah, I'm Boba Rex. <laughs> and we still have Fett. to. We still. That's the one thing we still have to uh, acknowledge at some point is who had the jangly, the jangly shoes in the yeah. Mandalorian. Yeah. Well, that yeah. And, and the thing is, is that they portray Rex as as bearded and portly. Uh, Tamir Morrison's not portly. That's true. Um, they can they can kind of play with that a little bit with a little bit of makeup and and costuming and stuff to make it a little more than we would think, I guess. But plus, although the, the, where we are in the series, he he could have kind of you know he got got a little bit more into his former shape, I guess. By this time, there have been a few years since we would have last seen him, if it is him. Either way, I mean, and they even said that they're still on track to having it done. You know, it doesn't sound like the coronavirus is uh, affecting them. Hey, you know what? If if we can get Mandalorian on schedule, that makes me a happy person. The one that's sad though is when they're like, "We were three weeks away from being done filming uh, Winter Soldier," and it's like, "Damn, I would like to see that." <laughs> well, I, I do. I, I feel very excited for the Mandalorian because that's another thing what we were talking about before with the end of Clone Wars, um, it, it's, it's doesn't, it feels a little less like the end with, we, we pretty much already know based off of everyone under the sun, except for Star Wars confirming that uh, Rosario Dawson will be Ahsoka in season two for the Mandalorian. 
Um, so that already continues that to an extent. So that's already we're getting a little excited about, especially if Timur Morrison is going to be Rex in there as well. Uh, then yeah, there, there's there's enough there to keep me going as far as the end of this series, just to get me psyched for. I mean, I'm already just season two. Mandalorian is already cool. Season three, they already got that done too, or already have that confirmed. Um, but okay, time. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, Robert Robert Rodriguez just confirmed he directed an episode. Okay. Just nine minutes ago. Ten minutes ago now. Yeah. He says, "I am truly humbled to say I've now had the very rare privilege of directing the biggest star in the universe." It's him with Baby, Baby Yoda. Yoda. Yeah, I'm seeing that now. Good stuff. So it's interesting. I think we were wondering if they were going to try to kind of continue a uh, similar type of casting crew, or I'm casting, directing crew for season two with um, maybe, you know, Deborah Chow, although we knew she was going to be working with the Kenobi thing, but uh, would, uh, you know, Taiga do some more? Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, perhaps. Um, it, it, we, again, John Favreau, even though he didn't direct any season one, we knew he would be potentially directing some for two. But it seems like so far, what we know is just a new set, which I think is cool. It, it keeps the theme of season one alive. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Well, and then especially with this, I think um, I think they probably just didn't do two episodes. They did one episode now. Did you say that already? No, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody, just about everybody, I think, did two episodes. Except maybe Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, I think for the most part, I think you're right. So now everybody does one episode. And then you've got ten directors in there. Well, and another... Uh, Good. Well, so just another related news, um, in case you didn't see, you might have. Um, Nicolas Cage has been cast as Joe Exotic. I saw that. I don't really care. <laughs> I watch it. I mean, you know, I watched some trash in my lifetime, and that 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 trash is real. Wow! And then you attach Cage to it. It's like I don't even think Nick Cage could do the character justice. He outcrazes Cage. Wow! I disagree with this. Sorry. For some reason, uh, Return of the Jedi is trending on Twitter at the moment, and maybe because it just ended a little bit ago on TV. Um. But no, I, uh, I think they did a follow along with it. Oh, okay. But I'm like, but I'm I'm watching some comments and I do not agree with many of them. I knew I wouldn't, but hey, here we are. Hold on, what way Danny McBride uh, trending? Oh, they're caging. They're he's trending because they think Danny McBride should play Joe Exotic. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> That's a better choice, to be honest. But whatever. Oh, they think he should be the other guy too, Doc Animal. Have you ever seen the show? Actually, I haven't, but I've seen pictures and I know a bunch about it because I'm alive, but I haven't actually watched it. I said before, I, I, to, I don't have a lot of TV shows. Back to Mandalorian, real quick. I think I think what's so good about this is this is at least a constant that that we know we're gonna get. You know, as of now, we'll get one. We'll get a season every year. Everything else is like ups and downs, and they're gonna shoot. Cassian or not, Kenobi, who knows? The Taika Waititi movies, are we going to get a Star Wars in 2022? It just seems like chugging along is like Mandalorian. That's fine. You know, 10 hours or, what is it, 
five, six hours of, of new uh, Star Wars every year is more than we had in the past. So, so what we're going to do here real quick, because um, I think we pretty much covered what we were going to. Um, this is interesting. It was tweeted earlier today. Uh, the best Star Wars character is dot, dot, dot. And then we want to go through the top five responses to it just to see what people thought. Um, but I want to know what you would say. Best Star Wars character or my favorite? Uh, it says the best Star Wars character is. I, I can't give that because I don't really, I haven't really thought about it. Okay. Both well, 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 sets going to be mine, you know? <laughs> but see, here, but see, here's the thing, you know, in somebody, put it this way and it made perfect sense to me uh it might have been somebody that i don't like now that i think about it <laughs> somebody that i'm not a fan of on, on twitter but you know it's one of those things to where i think for you what you gravitate to is what piqued your interest as a kid you know what i mean makes uh, sense so for, so for me you know i saw star wars in the theater i don't remember it that well but my first star wars movie is really empire strikes back and, and I think that's why everything in it is, is, is a favorite of mine. I think that's why I love Adat so much and Yoda and, and you know, uh, Boba Fett. And that just everything about that movie is my movie. But getting, you know, the mail away, granted, not rocket firing, but having Boba Fett show up at my house, you know, and this character, having the 12-inch figure and opening that up on Christmas and being like, yes, this is my guy. You know, and I don't know much of anything, but I know he's got scalps from Wookiees and Chewbacca <laughs> from Wookiee. So he's hardcore, man. He don't care. And, and and so, for whatever reason, that's what... That was my sort of intro in the Star right. Wars, and that's my guy. You know, you can talk smack about him all you want, but it doesn't change the fact that I love the character. Well, I guarantee you will not see the number or, or the top reply there. Uh, you won't see it coming. What is it? Oh, top it's, reply. is it ben, ben Solo? No, he's the number two. Oh, uh, it's not Ray. No, the, the top reply, now granted, this is just on Twitter, so it's not like voting or anything. It's just likes and all that. But the top reply is Watt Tambor. <laughs> <laughs> Second place okay. is Ben Solo. All right. Third so, is Darth Vader. So two two crazy factions decided to uh, spam the results. Right. <laughs> Fourth is uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, and yeah. fifth place is Luke. Okay, as you get to three, four, and five, it makes sense. One and two are like, I see what you guys did there. If you keep scrolling, you do see a bunch of Ahsoka's. Some mall that you can do. There's a random Batman in there. Okay, Batman with a lightsaber. Interesting. Yeah. Um, more Luke. More lots of Ben. More Ahsoka. There's Ray. Captain Rex. Hey, there. Oh, there's Han. Wow, that's the first time I've seen Han. I'm like halfway through scrolling. <laughs> anyway, interesting. Ooh, here's there's a reflection of someone's eye, and in the reflection is Kit Fisto. Okay, I'm done with this though. <laughs> So anyway, all right, well, uh, oh, there's Chewie. Again, took a long time to get to him. Anyway, okay, yeah, you're right, we're done. Uh, so everybody, seriously, um, hope you've been enjoying uh, the, this 2020 Star Wars Day, May the 4th. Um, and as always, you know, we'll, we'll be back in the future to be discussing what's going on with all things Star Wars. It's not a slow time. It kind of seemed like it for a minute. 
uh, it's that post movie release feel for a little while. Um, but at this point, the movie's on Disney Plus, and we're getting back to creating things, and we've got multiple people working on multiple projects, a whole new era coming out soon. Um, and as Mark said before, I wouldn't be surprised if at any point we get more information about a new animated series. So there will be a lot more coming, and we are going to be here to talk about it. So thank you, Mark, for being on, as always. I always appreciate it, and always make You're me welcome. sound a little, little less stupid. So thank you. And uh, we'll be back next time.